Hello and welcome back to West Coast Roundup, episode three, with your host Sam Blon, a runner of a Twitter account by WCC Basketball Expert. Um, and today's episode, we'll go over the transfers in and out of conference that have happened this week. And our special segment for today will be dream transfers or most some transfers that I would like to see happen based on who, what teams are talking to, players teams are talking to. And let's get into it. So transfers out of the conference first, as always. Um, we'll start it off. Gonzaga saw a little bit of an exodus. Or not exodus, but the two of the three players I thought would transfer out have Omar Bayo, talented seven-footer from Mali. He's hitting the portal. We will miss his orange hair in the West Coast Conference. Um, but Bio's very talented. Uh, I mean, just couldn't really um, develop like Gonzaga wanted him to. And he wasn't going to get the time to develop more. Gonzaga's bringing in a lot of post players and just this post depth. I knew things were going to break, and I thought Bio was going to be one of the one of the fallouts of the recruiting class that's going to be so deep in post players for Gonzaga, and I was right. Bio entered the portal. I expect him to see some land somewhere with a, within maybe a low mid or low high major to a mid-major range. I mean, he has a lot of potential. Nicknamed Baby Shack. So... We'll see where he goes, but that'll be one to keep an eye on. Another transfer out of Gonzaga was Pavel Zakharov. Pavel Zakharov, Russian from Montverde Academy. Good player. You could tell he wasn't very happy sitting on the bench. This was the player I thought would leave for sure. He was the first one to enter the portal after the season. I mean, I could see him uh, doing almost the same thing as Bio. Maybe more of a mid-major for sure rather than Bio might have that high-major upside. But yeah, Zakharov's good, talented player, talented post player. Um, we'll see where he lands. And then one that just happened today, and then another transfer that just happened today was Finn Sullivan. Uh, Finn Sullivan's transferring out of San Diego. He was a starter this year, averaged around seven points, uh, two rebounds, two assists. He was a good player for him. But based on what they brought in, they bring in two guards. I mean, it's gonna push uh, minutes down for other players and Sullivan looked like the one that was gonna get pushed out for minutes and there are rumors of another player that was gonna come to San Diego today can't couldn't confirm it so I'll add into special segment when we get there but he would also make minutes tough for Sullivan another player that answered transfer portal recently was Brock Finstein of uh, Pacific uh, Brock was a Juco transfer coming into Pacific Played the last two years, really physical player, good rebounding guard. Um, his mentality is really, I'm just going to do anything for the team to win. So he his presence will be missed on that Pacific team that's just pit full of pit bulls. Um, and he's been getting a lot of interest from the big sky, Montana, Montana State, Idaho, that area. So we'll see where he goes. I expect him to do well wherever he ends up. And then the last transfer for this week was Cedric Altman. This one, this one I was most surprised by. Just Altman was start was supposed to start for Pepperdine next year. He started this year. Good player. I mean, eight eight points per game, three rebounds, two assists, almost one steal. Hasn't really developed the three point shot, but he's a good player, and I expect him to get into the double digits of scoring next year and kind of take on a big role for Pepperdine going into his junior year. But he decided to transfer instead. That's a big loss for Pepperdine, but uh, I mean, give credit to uh, Lorenzo Romar. He just went out and got a transfer to replace him right away, and 
getting into the transfers in, we'll start off with that man that's replacing Altman, Braun Hartfield. Uh, Braun Hartfield is one of the uh, two, one of the two uh, in-conference transfers we had this week. Hartfield's coming from San Diego, where he was an all-conference, uh, all-honorable mention West Coast Conference player. He's he was solid for that San Diego team in the 1920 season. Didn't play this year, so you might have forgot they entered the transfer portal. So when I saw that one, it kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> reminded me that he was in the portal. Um, yeah, but Hartfield gives a Pepperdine, I think, someone that's just as good, if not better, than Altman. I mean, 13.9 points per game at San Diego, 5.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 1.1 steals per game, 0.6 blocks, and then he also hit 1.63s at 33%. I mean, he could come in and possibly be the best player on Pepperdine, depending on what Kessler Edwards does, but, I mean, that's big transfer for Pepperdine to bring in. And so I have him fourth uh, on transfers coming into the conference right now. Uh, Great get for Pepperdine. Then the other in-conference transfer was, again, someone leaving San Diego going to uh, another team in conference, and that was uh, Masalski. Yahoon Masalski. Could have said that wrong. Sorry if I did. But he was a impressive player at San Diego. His stat line looks really good. He posted a 9.6 points, 8.3 rebounds, and 2.2 blocks per game this year. This one um, was a little bit surprising. I mean, San Diego picked up they have more set coming in a freshman very talented seven foot one but he will need time to develop but he, so he's more likely to replace samba kane and then this masalski's kind of coming in i think to replace um to replace oh i'm completely forgetting his name right now to replace tavi yurkatan but he will be better than Tavi. Um, just, I mean, it's a good get from San Diego or San Francisco. You're going to see a guy that you know can play in the conference. He can put up numbers. Not the most athletic, but, I mean, he's going to get the job done for you. So I really like that one for San Francisco. And then they kept adding it on. I mean, they had what's a common theme in this uh, West Coast Conference transfer market is just teams getting one to three transfers all in one day. Uh, they're just stacking on transfers in a day, and that happened for San Francisco. They got uh, Gabe Stefanini and then Patrick Tape. Gabe and Patrick both played at Columbia together, but Patrick Tape transferred to Duke last year, didn't get much time. Still talented. He entered transfer again, decides to team back up with Gabe Stefanini. And I loved uh, these two together. I think... Tape is a guy that can actually sc- he'll score down low, um, do his job. I mean, obviously there's enough talent there. If Duke went after him, then this like he's talented. If Duke's going after a guy, he's gonna be talented. So big get for them. Really like that one. That upgrades a post area that I thought was uh, pretty weak last year. So if you're adding San Francisco with adding two uh, post players, they know we'll get some minutes right away and are gonna be able to produce production in their minutes then it's just gonna be good things only happening for them and then they finally get a guard i was really worried about san francisco guard situation i knew they'd hit the portal for one but i did not expect them to get gabe stefanini great transfer uh i'm could be butchering his name 
great transfer though um one of the most clutch guards i mean if you look up his highlight tape not highlight tape just his like some highlights on youtube you'll see this guy is just clutch <laughs> he is so clutch uh good stat line too he does a little bit of everything 13.8 points 5.3 rebounds 4.1 assists 1.5 steals and one and a half three-pointers made per game at 42.3 percent great shooting which is something San Francisco loves. He's not that athletic. Um, he he has a little bit of a... He still can get his shots off over defenders. He has a little bit of a fade built into his shot. It's interesting. But, I mean, if he can produce... He was really good in the Ivy League. I just think he's my top transfer right now, actually. I put him above Cameron Shelton. I really like his game. I think it'll translate well. I mean, normally San Francisco has these quick, fast guards, but... This is a little bit different, and I still think he's going to work out well at San Francisco. He's had a year off, and he's been practicing in Italy. So, I mean, you don't really know what to expect. But at the very at the very least, you know you're going to get a starter right away who's going to produce at least double-digit points and be able to hit the three for you. But, I mean, he was training in Italy. I'm very high on Gabe, so we'll see what he ends up doing. And then Portland... I think this happened last week, um, so I might have covered it already, but they got their two Eastern Washington transfers again. Tyler Robinson, Michael Meadows, they're starting to put together a little roster. Um, we've seen, I think, six or seven guys now out of the roster field. Two freshmen, um, and then they also have gotten two transfers. Hayden Curtis came back. And they have still Dutt, which is a tra- Juco transfer that under Porter, and he has stayed committed. So we'll see what else, how he fills out the roster, Shantae Leggins, but I'm excited for the future in Portland. And then the last transfer to touch up on is Parker Braun, transferring from Missouri to Santa Clara. He was a walk-on at Missouri, but then started to earn some uh, minutes this year. Um, Caruso, the reason this transfer happened is because Caruso for Santa Clara. He ended up going professional and playing in Italy. Disappointing because... I mean, not disappointing. Good for him, but disappointing for Santa Clara fans because Caruso, I think, was a big part... uh, was going to be a big part for next year. And I was really excited to see how he was going to do. He could extend the floor. So they go out and they say, just like Pepperdine, we're going to go get a guy to replace you right away. And they got Parker Braun. He's a good player. Um... 2.8 2.8 points, 1.5 rebounds, and 0.7 blocks from Missouri last year. Um, he played a little bit more at the end of the year, and just he's he's has some good IQ. He's pretty he's pretty agile on the court. He can move around. I think he fits Santa Clara pretty. I think he fits their style very well. So that's a big plus of Santa Clara bringing in this guy that can uh, move around a little bit. They still have a lot of post-depth, which I like. I mean, that's one of the big things I was high on them about was their post-depth going into next year, and they kept it even though Caruso left. So I'm happy with that one. And then um, Pacific picked up a transfer from Northern Arizona, Luca Avadovlik. <laughs> uh, hard last name to pronounce. I haven't, I haven't perfected the pronunciation of it, but he's a sharpshooter. Um, kind of reminds me of a Gary Kovechkin. Um, so we'll see if he can produce those numbers, but I mean, he'll play against his former teammate in Cameron Shelton. I think that's a good pickup for Pacific. I think it's the type of guy that Pacific gets and he will add that shooting, which they sorely missed this year. 
So I like that one. And the West Coast Conference just came better off these transfers. I mean, I think the quality of transfers coming in is better than the quality of players leaving. No offense to players leaving. I just think with such a deep transfer pool that West Coast Conference has been able to take advantage of it and really uh, upgrade their teams and positions that they needed to uh, fairly quickly and get an experienced guards. And now it's time to get into the special segment for today, which I just titled Dream Transfers. It's transfers that uh, I know teams are talking to, and I kind of hope I think this is the players they should be uh, prioritizing. And so we'll start off with Gonzaga. Gonzaga, the f- player, they've been talking to a couple players. I've heard Mac McClung, Gonzaga's contacted him. He entered recently. But the one that I really want Gonzaga to get is Jalen Pickett from Siena. Uh, Gonzaga reached out to him or is planning to. And he's an amazing guard. He tried a 46-point game with 13 assists his freshman year at Siena. He's three-time all-conference player there. He was a player of the year in 1920. I mean, one he got injured this year, so his stats weren't as quite were quite as good. But I mean, this guy's a baller. I think he would fit in with that Gonzaga two-point guard style they have going. I mean, I think he would be the perfect transfer for GU. I think you'd get minutes right away. You'd start. It'd push Salas to the three. I, that's one you have to watch. And I would think that if he gets offered from Gonzaga, he would strongly consider it. Mac McClung, he might. I mean, I feel like. Between the two, I mean, obviously you'd love Mac McClung come Gonzaga, but between the two, Pickett's the more reasonable option. Dream transfers, yes, you could say. Oh, Mac McClung, better. But, I mean, I think Jalen Pickett fits fits the bill Gonzaga's looking for. For Loyola Marymount, I don't know if they've talked to him officially, but I know they talked to him last time he was in the transfer last year. Drew Bugs, I think Drew Bugs. Uh, he said he wanted to move home last time, and then he ended up going Missouri which is weird because he's from California. Um, but he ended up going Missouri, didn't get as much playtime there. But, I mean, he is a great passing guard. I would say he's definitely one of the top passing guards in the country. His vision's great. He was on display at Hawaii. Didn't get as much time at Missouri as he was probably hoping. But he did make tourney. And I think he could, again, make the tourney or help a team make tourney if he goes to Loyola Marymount. I think it would give a good backup option to Cameron Shelton. And just with his passing, it would open it up. I mean, I I just think that would be a really good fit. I know Stan Johnson was after him last year, so maybe this time around he can get him. For Santa Clara, Jacoby Neath, transfer from Wake Forest. Um, Neath was teammates with Betty Ako and uh, I think it was the 2018 Canadian team, U18s. Um Neath is a good player, had solid stats for Wake Forest, got playtime more under the last coach than this one. I think if Santa Clara reaches out to him again, they'll have a better chance this time of getting him. Last time he went back to he went back into Wake Forest, Swanter Portal. This time, I hope Santa Clara goes after him. He's another good guard, athletic. They were already after him. They know what they'd get in him. I think it's someone that they could really uh, use for the, some guard depth to go along with their transfers they've had come in and PJ Pipes and the, what they're retaining. And then for BYU, this is, I think, one of the most important ones, Plummer, Alfonso Plummer from Utah. Uh, he's said BYU. He's talking BYU and St. Mary's. I think he would fit BYU well. Stay in Utah, 
get one of a top shooter. I mean, in, in Mark Pope's system, I shooters strive. So if you can get Plummer, I think he would do really well in that system, along with if Barcelo comes back with Loner, George, maybe Harms comes back. That is a very good BYU team. Um, keep an eye on that. I think Plummer would fit in with his three-point shooting, just what he brings. I, th- I mean, set a, what, he set a Pac-12 record with threes made in a game with like 11 in the conference tournament game, I think it was last year versus Oregon State before everything got canceled. So just I think – if you're a shooter, you got to look at BYU and take it seriously. We'll see what he does, but he's talking a lot of other high ma- high schools. So BYU has their work cut out for him, but I would love to see that one happen. And then Portland, I mean, the Grove Brothers. You would obviously, if you're a Portland fan, you want the Bro- Grove Brothers coming here, not only because they're amazing, but immediately you have a chance to push for top of conference in your first year. That's how good the Grove Brothers are. I mean, Tanner Groves is incredible. We saw him put up a performance on Kansas of over 30 points. He's just so skilled, can shoot, just knows where to be, knows leggings. And I think that fit is so... They might just follow him, I think. Uh, I mean, he's developed great under leggings. I mean, he has a lot of other options, but that's just the one I think Portland fans are waiting for. If you can't get them, then you're going to... I think Leggins is kind of counting on getting them because he hasn't really hit the post market hard. You haven't seen him talk to very many post players, so I think he expects to get the Groves. Hopefully they do because they would be instant, like I said, top players in the conference. And Portland would be so much better than what they have been in these recent years. And it shifts the whole conference around if Portland can compete again. For San Fran, I have Zane Meeks, transfers from Nevada. Um, Zane Meeks could kind of play uh, the stretch four role that San Fran likes. They like a stretch four that can shoot, and I know they have a lot of post-ups, San Fran, getting the two post players already, but I mean, just he'd be a good fit there, and he could uh, really develop his game. He's, I think he's only he's only a sophomore, so coming in, he'd be able to stay uh, two or three years, depending on if he uses uh, his free year and just really develop i mean nine points per game at nevada 5.9 rebounds 1.13s per game i mean just he would fit in at san francisco and really gave him another another dimension on that offense and if they get him i would strongly consider them pushing for a top conference again and just that's a common theme with all these transfers everyone that has again these transfers you just gotta it's making the competition the conference really hard and in a way, it's. It, I mean, obviously, it's good, but at the same time, it could end up being like the A10 this year, where there's so much skill in the conference that you just kill your. Uh, the conference just destroys itself from getting multiple bids. But, I mean, obviously, I'm all for better competition. If as long as they do well in non-conference, then that's not really an issue because Ken Palm will adjust for it because they'll know these teams are better. Going on to San Diego. I tweeted this out earlier because I saw it. Turned out not to be true quite yet, so I deleted it. But uh, Marcellus Erlington from St. John's, uh, he allegedly committed to San Francisco, San, Di- uh, San Diego. I didn't. I saw it on one source. Went around, couldn't find anywhere else. So then I deleted it. But I mean, I hope that one comes true. I think he gives them that power. They're missing one spot still, and it's that power forward spot. And so I think if Erlington could come in, he'd be smaller power forward, 
but he can stretch the floor, still rebound. I think that'd be a great get for San Diego, and it'd, they'd become a really intriguing team next year. Moving on, Pepperdine. This one is probably the most out there. Atari Easton, or Easton, uh, transfer from Cincinnati. He played high school ball up in Seattle area, so I would expect him to go Washington or Washington State, but... Pepperdine has reached out to him. Uh, he commented on Pepperdine saying he likes Lorenzo Romar and he knows he's had success game players to NBA. So it's a very real option. I mean, and Tari Easton's one of the top transfers, I think, potential-wise. As a freshman, he had great stats. Uh, he came into Cincinnati, really did his job, or became a force there, carved out a role for himself. I mean, he was a AAC all-freshman team, 7.3 points. 5.9 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks. I mean, that's so well-rounded stats, and that's in 20 minutes. If Pepperdine got him, it would be huge. Uh, you know what? Don't count Lorenzo Romar out. I mean, if he does get him, I think that's pushing for... I think that's the best transfer the conference would have gone as thus far. And so, I mean, that would be huge for Pepperdine. And with him, with Hartford... Hart or Hartfield, I think they can push themselves kind of out of the bottom of the conference where a lot of people see where they are right now. But yeah, I mean, that's just one to watch. And then for Pacific, I'm going with another shooter. They need shooters. So I said Ferran Flavors. They were talking to him last year. Didn't get him. Went to Oklahoma State. He's a sharpshooter. And that's like what he is. That's He'll just shoot for you and he'll bring a veteran presence. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure, is using his free year. So he's tra he's in the transfer portal again, and I know Pacific talked to him last time. I would love to see him re-talk or reignite conversations with him. Was great at Cal Baptist, had a great stroke. I I mean I know Damon Stoudemire is looking for shooting with who he's brought in and who else he's looking at. I think he's looking at the guard spot and he really wants some shooters there. And I think Flavors is where he needs to look and uh, get at. And I think after Oklahoma State, his uh, value might be. I don't know about value. His interest might be down a little bit as it what it was last time around. And so you can get a really good player versus not as good uh, competition this time. I think he would come in and he would start right away and really bring Pacific a good veteran presence along with some shooting. And for St. Mary's, I mean, not much going on because they have a mostly full roster. I mean, they didn't have uh, – they have not had a single player transfer out yet, which isn't that surprising. I mean, San, St. Mary's just retains players. They are – don't see very many transfers if anything it's some of their australians they go pro or some of their national players just go pro so roster space is limited so i think they've they've not been as as active in the portal but one name i've seen them uh with is cameron healy from albany sharpshooter uh his freshman sophomore year he's fantastic and then he took a big dip this year in uh production and so i think if he went saint mary's first thing he could do give him scoring option from three-point land biggest problem with st mary's this year is they had no three-point once dukas went out they lost dukas lot lost limit bockler and they were with nobody that could score from perimeter well healy would fix that 3.3 games made per game in his freshman year 2.6 his sophomore year and then this year he only had 0.5 um but 16 points averaged his freshman year 14.2 his sophomore um just good player can score free throw percentage is 88 to 90 range throughout his years i mean he would give saint mary's the scoring they need 
and that's that's what I've noticed in the that's what they're looking for in the portal. I mean, St. Mary's has really just hit out uh, or talked to every guard that has been able been a proven score at their level. Um, so seeing him go to St. Mary's, Australian too, maybe an Australian connection. I think that I mean it makes sense. I th- I think it could be a great transfer to St. Mary's if he can get back on track. The one I really wanted for St. Mary's before he transferred elsewhere was Joel Murray. D2 transfer average 24 points per game. Good score. I, St. Mary's even talked to him. I just like, this would be a great guy for him to get. Can score, looking to prove himself. Made the, pretty sure he made the D2 championship title game. So he's a winner too. I mean, I just thought he would have fit the program, but he ended up going Long Beach State, which is interesting. So, yeah, I mean, the St. Mary's, they're really banking on their team to get better and develop this year rather than bring in outside talent. And I don't know if that's what they wanted. I'm sure they don't mind it, but it's just what they're left with. And so we'll see how they do next year. But it's it's getting me a little bit worried about them because there wasn't there wasn't much development that happened this year. I mean, I guess it's a, it was a lot of other players' first times getting experience. So you were like Dukas, his first time really stepping into a big role. Johnson, too. Kuzi's never had to be a star. I mean, they just, a lot of freshmen got minutes. It was a lot of players that were unproven. And so now they've had time, I, and I hope they uh, develop more uh, going into this next season. Or if not, then I'm worried because the rest of the conference is getting these transfers and is able to immediately pick themselves up and uh, become a better team. That'll be all for episode three. Thank you for listening and have a nice rest of your day.